You're listening to The Little Things, the go-to podcast dedicated to helping you get your career started behind the chair. Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of The Little Things. I'm your host, Denise Kylitz, and today we're going to be talking about all the tools that you might possibly need when you first get out of beauty school. You know, when you first walk into that first salon and you're all excited because, you know, you do get your toolkit at school and it comes with all those fun things. I remember opening my toolkit when I was in beauty school. I'm sure it's changed now, but you got your combs and your brushes and your blow dryers and all the things. But when you actually graduate beauty school, there's actually some things that you do need to consider so we're going to we're just going to break that down. So what tools you need when you first start working in a salon. And let's just start with your shears because that's the number one thing that's the question I get the most is because you've got your your shears that you get right out of school. And they're usually, I don't know, six inches. You can have the cheapest pair of shears or the most expensive pair of shears. When you first start, I do not recommend investing a lot of money in shears. I recommend maybe not using your beauty school shears, maybe saving those just for mannequin work. And it'll actually dull your shears out really fast. So I would, right out of school, I'd probably invest in kind of a lower end model of a shear. And you can get those at the beauty supply uh, locally where you are. And some of the lower ends that I'm talking about are like Cricut has some under $100. Olivia Garden has some under $100. Things like that. that are, those are a good starting point. The first thing you want to do, I would not buy a pair of shears offline or online. I would probably go into the beauty supply and hold them. Put them in your hand. You've got to you've got to really feel how they're going to fit in your hand. And the reason for that is because there's different styles of shears. Some are curved handles, some have a swivel, some some are ergonomically correct for your wrist. Uh, a lot of questions I get is why the swivel? What's up with that? It looks really cool. Uh, the swivel actually allows you to cut with your elbow down. And that helps reduce the stress to your hand, your body, your wrists, things like that. However, it's a little hard to get used to, but some people love it. I do think that the going with the curved handle, in my experience, has been the best. Um, my husband, uh, for my birthday one year, went out and researched really expensive shears or what he would consider because he doesn't know hair. And they are. They're wonderful shears. I'm not... I'm not knocking that at all. However, it was not a bent handle. It wasn't, I'd never tried it out. The shears cut like butter. I mean, it was wonderful. However, it hurt my wrist. So I've only used those shears. I hope he's not listening to this, but I probably only have used those shears like a handful of time. So that's what I'm saying. Please don't invest a ton of money until you test drive the product. You can get right out of beauty school. I would go invest in something a little under a hundred dollars, maybe ask for Shears for your um, graduation gift. And then you could step into something like a mid shear. And this is like between two and $500. And I'm talking like Sam Via has some wonderful shears out there. Wonderful to just go into the beauty supply, try out a few. Um, he's got the, the swivel on a lot of his shears. And those are, those are great shears. And then you have your high-end shears. And this is, I would probably invest in these... Um, probably after a couple of years, 
into your career. And I'm talking over $1,000. And there's some wonderful brands out there. They will even come in, show you all the shears. They'll give you a replacement shear um, when they sharpen your shears. The service is a little higher. You know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like comparing Walmart to Nordstrom. You know, you get what you pay for. And a brand that I can think of that offers that higher end is Hanzo. We've had them invited into our salons before, and they impeccable service and really, really great. So let's break that back down. So shears, low, medium, and high. I would not, again, I wouldn't go out and invest in a high-end pair of shears. I would just get you a pair that fit your hand, that you feel comfortable with, because right out of the chute, you're building your confidence. I do want to talk about the size of the shears, because that does matter. My very first pair of shears, love, love, love them. Um, They're tiny. They're like five and five and a quarter or something. I love those shears so much, still to this day. I cut men's haircuts with them, pixie cuts, detail work, bang trims, things like that. However, those would not be my shears that I would pick up with somebody with really long, thick hair. It would take me forever to get through that. Then I'd I'd probably pick up my 7-inch shears and just go to town, and I'd probably use my 7-inch shears for cutting bobs, things like that. So those things do matter. The variation of sizes of shears, it does matter. Let's go on to thinning shears. When I first started my career, I um, actually, the salon I worked at, didn't permit to use thinning shears because back in the day, nobody really knew how to use them correctly. They would just go in and start thinning out the hair with no rhyme or reason. And so when she was training us as assistants, we weren't allowed to use those because She didn't use them. She personalized everything with her shears. However, um, times have changed. Thinning shears are actually, it's a game changer, and it could save you a lot of time and headache if you know how to use them correctly. I'm probably going to do a whole video on just how to use thinning shears correctly. Thinning shears, uh, again, I, I would say those are not a necessary thing right out of the gate. That would be your own personal preference. I have a pair of thinning shears, and I rarely use them, but that's just out of my training. Let's see. Let's talk about weaving combs. Your weaving combs, those are the ones that's a rat tail comb with the metal the metal handle on it that you would use for highlighting, things like that. I've seen a lot of weaving combs out there that are really inexpensive. However, I would not invest in an inexpensive one. you could talk to a bunch of stylists that, um, you know, you're as good as your tools. So I would get, get a a nice solid weaving comb. That's, it's not real bendable. You don't want to, you don't want it to break in the middle of weaving out somebody's hair. I just wouldn't, I personally would not suggest going out and purchasing cheap tools. I know when you're first starting your career, you don't have a lot of money. I totally get it. I would budget it every paycheck, maybe go out, go to the beauty supply and get one more item. So the same with a weaving comb. It's only like seven to $10 for a really nice one. And then that leads me to cutting combs. One of my biggest pet peeves is seeing stylists, new or seasoned, use cheap plastic combs to cut hair. I mean, or combs that have missing teeth or combs that are just 
bent or look like they, I mean, come on. No, do not go out and buy a box of plastic combs from Sally's. They have them in bulk. They do serve a purpose. Those are cheap. They're meant to practice with. However, with plastic combs, they break very easily. And if you go and use a flat iron on the hair and then you run that comb through, that plastic will melt onto the hair and it will melt the teeth of the plastic. I mean, that's why they look warped and everything. I would invest in a few really good combs and they need to be carbon, just not plastic. I would also a variety of combs. Don't just use one comb. Anybody who knows me, yes, I have a lucky comb. I've carried around with me for the last 28 years. I love my lucky comb. And it is just basically like a, I don't know, a seven inch comb. It's red. It's got wide teeth, nothing magical to it. I just love it. I do have a story behind it, but that's for another time. So what you need to do is you need to get some wider combs that are for combing out thick hair, one length haircuts, curly cuts. Then you need to get some thinner combs. Those are for your pixies, for your men's cuts, for your kids cuts that don't have very much hair. It's what, think of it, the more hair you have, the bigger comb you need. The less hair you have, the less of a comb you need. Also, you might want to think of colors. If you've got dark hair, you might want a lighter colored comb, but you do want a long enough comb that you could see the line to cut by. And again, I'm going to make a video all about that too. You do want combs that have wide teeth on one end and um, narrower teeth on the other to control tension when you're doing haircuts. Okay, I think I've said enough about combs. So let's talk about clips. There's different types of clips. We've got those like crocodile grip clips, which are great. Those are really designed to hold a lot of hair or when you're dry cutting, holding that hair out of your way. I would have those for sectioning my haircuts, things like that. But then I'd also have some flat, thin clips, kind of like duckbill clips, those metal ones. Those are great to hold smaller sections out of your way. Those are fabulous for when you're foiling hair so you can hold the foil out of the way without pinching the foil, if you know what I mean. Like if you used a crocodile or one of those grippy clips and you you clipped your foil out of the way, it could bend the foil and it puts too much pressure on it and it can make your, your lightener ooze out of the foil and that would not be good. So clips are important. You could also get some butterfly clips if you want because I know that those come with the, the kit usually that you get in school. And that's fine. Those aren't real professional looking, but it's fine to get your hair, the hairs up out of the way. I would probably invest in like six of the grip clips and six of the duckbill clips or the thinner clips and call it good. Also, one side note is make sure you label everything doesn't have to say your name all over it, anything like that. What I used to do is pick a bottle of fingernail polish, say green or blue, and put just a dot on all of my equipment. Just one little dot on my combs, on my clips, on my razor, whatever. So I knew that was mine. So if it wouldn't walk away. Okay, now let's talk about a razor. <clears throat> you might not be comfortable with razor cuts yet, or maybe you are. I don't know. But my suggestion is to go out and get a feather razor. Those are like $50 at the beauty supply. A feather razor is the most easiest razor to use, in my opinion. Um, You can hold it like a pencil. It blends. It's safe. A lot of states don't allow you to use a straight razor at all. 
or unless you have a barbering license. So keep that in mind. Uh, straight razor is really cool for giving you shaving the face, things like that, but they're not very safe. You could cut yourself really, really easily. So I would probably just invest in like a feather razor. Okay, now let's talk about brushes. You want a variety of round brushes for sure. You know, small, medium, and large. Everybody who knows me knows I love my four and a half inch round brush. I call them Bubba. I love to blow dry with that because I'm a product of the 80s and I love big hair. And Bubba, you can blow dry really long hair in bigger sections and I just love it. However, it's not for everybody because it's a pretty big round brush and some people just can't handle that size of a brush. So just make sure you have a variety. I used to have a brush that was, I I guess I still have it, but um, it was only like a half an inch round brush. It was teeny tiny. I don't even know if they make them anymore because it's wonderful when you're doing pixies or the older haircuts that you do on women that look like a pixie that you can get that hair right around their ears and you can actually smooth it out with the round brush. It's, It's actually pretty good. Again, I don't even know if they make that size anymore. And I don't prefer one brand over the other. Again, I think that is for you to go in, hold it, hold the handle. There's some things to look at in a round brush. Hold the handle, see if it's going to slip out of your hands. Because I know there are some round brushes out there that they don't have any grip on the handle part of them. And they're really hard to maneuver. They may look really cool, but they're just hard. Also look at the bear, the the grip part of the brush and the construction of the brush. Sometimes it, when they put the brush part onto the handle part, it creates this seam. And, it's, and that seam, when you're round brushing hair, hair can get caught in that seam and pull the hair as you're blow drying. Keep that in mind. You want a smooth transition from the barrel of the round brush to the handle of the round brush. And I wish I knew a brand right now off the top of my head that makes those. If I look it up, I'll put it in the show notes because the one that I use, I really, really enjoy. I can't, I just can't think of the brand right now, but that is something to keep in consideration. Also keep in consideration on round brushes. Do you want a metal barrel? The metal barrel actually acts as a heat conductor. So it helps to smooth out the cuticle as you're blow drying. Um, Some people prefer bore bristle round brushes, which are fine. It gives you a little bit more tension with the bore bristles. So if you have somebody with really, really curly hair, that might work a little bit better for you to blow dry them out. You also need to get a paddle brush. A paddle brush is great. Um, I know Wet Brush makes some and there's a few brands out there. Get one that again, feels good in your hand. The reason why you need a paddle brush is because when you are going to blow dry and you're going to wrap the hair or or do a blow dry with like just straight hair, you would need a, a paddle brush for that. And sometimes if you pick the right paddle brush, you can actually use that as your wet brush to, to detangle the hair as well. Side note, let me go back to the round brushes real quick. A lot of the round brushes, and I don't know if you know this or not, on the very stem of the handle, that little white piece that comes out and you can reverse it and stick it back in and it becomes a, a a pointer. But that pointer is used to part the hair when you're round brushing. A lot of people don't realize that's even part of the brush. But all right, another brush that you would need is a Denman brush. This is a classic brush. Um, it's got like six or nine rows. It's plastic. And what it's designed to do is to give you tension. It's wonderful. 
freaking wonderful to blow dry those really classic bobs of sharp edges, you know, the sassoon looks. You almost always need a Denman brush to be able to do that. A couple other things you might want to consider, your doll head stand. To practice on a mannequin head, you're going to need a doll head stand of some sort. And I know that most people get them, again, at beauty school, but if yours is on its last leg, I would invest in getting a doll stand. Again, put your label it, put your name on it. Either keep it at home so you can practice on a doll head. If you're, the salon that you go to allows you to bring your doll head into practice, I would make sure I take it everywhere. Leave it in your car so you always have it. A couple of other things I would consider, water bottle. Again, labeled with your name on it because you're going to need a water bottle. Some salons pr- provide them, but some do not. A cape, again, some most salons provide capes, but maybe some do not. And then another thing to consider, which I personally love, is a weighted cutting collar. Now, you might not have even heard of this before, but a weighted cutting collar is actually, it's like this plastic collar that goes around on top of the cape. You sit it on the shoulders of your guest, and it's got weights in it. It's almost like a weighted blanket. It takes your stress away. You can almost watch their shoulders just Ah, relief when you put that on. But really what it's designed to do is to keep the hair from going into the cape when you're cutting. And it also gives you a really, really clean surface to cut on. So, you know, when sometimes when cutting cape, whether they Velcro or they snap, they're just kind of bunchy back there. And so this really helps to give you that solid surface. So anyway, this is just a quick list. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, um, clippers and trimmers and some of your electrical appliances. You do, again, most salons maybe provide them for you, but it's always nice to have your own. Clippers, you can get, they start at like $100. I would get a good pair. Keep them clean, keep them oiled, and they'll last you a long time. Trimmers, trimmers are different than clippers. Clippers give you that fade. Clippers are bigger. Trimmers are smaller. And the T type of the trimmer, those are for going around the ears, detailing out, the neckline, things like that. And the T trimmers actually look like a T on top, and they give you a little bit more surface so you can actually get into a tighter area. And you can pick those up from like $50 to $100. A few other things real quick, a blow dryer. You're going to be blow drying a lot. If your salon does not provide a blow dryer, make sure that you invest in a good blow dryer. Because if you think about it, if you just get a blow dryer, say at like Target or something, and it's like $39, that is not going to last you. Plus they're made differently. The ions, the heat, the cooling, um, go, and you can find dryers for sale, really good dryers for sale for when they go on sale at the beauty supply for 50, 60, you know, and typically they're 150. But again, hold the dryers in your hand, hold it in your hand, see what the weight is, see if your wrist can take it because some dryers are really heavy. Other dryers are light as a feather, but then they don't get hot enough. So those are some things to look at. I know a lot of my clients used to ask me, what kind of dryer should I buy? You know, and I never had the answer for them because I didn't buy blow dryers at Target. Actually, you know, that's that might be a whole other YouTube video to just check out blow dryers. You guys, let me know if that's something that you might want to hear about, you know, what to look for in a blow dryer, what to, you know, what what does all those numbers mean? What does the wattage mean? How, how can you tell how hot it gets? Things like that, because I'd love to research that myself. Another thing you might consider is flat irons. 
Uh, again, there's a ton of flat irons out there and they all heat up differently. My biggest suggestion is make sure you get a flat iron that has a temperature control, not just an on and off button, because you're going to be dealing with a lot of different hair types, fragile hair types. You don't want to burn off anybody's hair. And I would probably just get my own just so you have it. And then curling irons too. You might want to invest in a curling iron or two. If you can only afford one, I'd probably say a one inch or a three quarter inch barrel is probably going to be offering you the most variety. And you can get like Hot Tools brand for like 50 to to $100 with that. So I think I covered a lot in this. If you have questions at all about tools or what types of tools, I'm going to try to put all the links down below of, of the tools that I did at least mention. So you, maybe you can at least save you on searching for them. But if you do have questions, please reach out to me. I'm available. I'm on Instagram and I answer all of those myself. I'd love to hear from you. And if there's anything that you would like to hear in a future podcast, please let me know that too. I really appreciate you listening and taking the time. And I really hope that this helps you on your journey as you're beginning your hairstylist career. Thanks a lot for listening today. I hope you walk away feeling inspired and encouraged. If you're loving our podcast, do us a favor and leave us a review. Better yet, take a screenshot of this episode, share it with your stylist friends, tag us, and follow us on Instagram at the little things for stylist. And we will do the same. Thanks again for listening and helping us to remove the stigma of our industry. I will see you on the next episode. Remember, it's not about the little things. It's all about the little things. Bye for now.